Good, hello, good welcome to the uh, Shall We Football podcast. I'm Ryan with my co-host, AJ and Colt. Uh, this is episode three of season three. Uh, we're calling this The Children Are Our Future, Top 25 2022 NFL Draft Prospects with Zare Kansabedian. Did I say it right? You guys have gotten so good at that. Nailed it. Uh, quiet on set, everyone's favorite bit. Cousin Douglas, introduce us to tonight's podcast participants with the proper shall we football introduction, please, while I watch some Kenny Pickett highlights. <clears throat> in this corner, weighing in at 12 cases of Iron City, he can fit as many golf balls in his mouth as he want, and he always replaces his divots. Brian Brashler. Thank you. Thank you. In this corner, weighing in at eight cases of yingling. You can always find him in the kitchen. He does that great thing with a hot dog. Coulter Snotty. I think that's it. In this corner, weighing in at who the hell knows. I inhabit his body when he eats too much Permani Brothers sandwiches. And his humor makes this podcast almost impossible to follow sometimes. AJ Donnelly. In this corner... Weighing in at five stone, 45 pebble. This is a guy who's a great route runner, a real gym rat, and who's joining us for the third glorious time. Zare, Kansabedian. Hmm. I appreciated that musical interlude that we used there. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not quite 12 cases of Iron City. I believe I'm weighing in... Uh, at a few fewer than that, probably only only 11 cases of Iron City. Coming up, big SWF welcome back to Zare. Yeah, we're going we're, we're gonna to start talking about NFL draft prospects. All of these guys, we have our own big board because we're official and we're big boys. Mm-hmm. That's what big boys do is they make a big board. Zare is going to help us go through that. You can find him on Twitter at ZKantzFF. That is Z-K-A-N-T-Z-F-F on the twitters.com uh, he's also a creator of running backs versus game script series he's a base data analyst for pro football focus that's at pff everybody knows them he's a contributor for yards per fantasy that's at yards per and dynasty nerds at dynasty nerds on twitter uh, he's a student at the scout academy <laughs> just those words on twitter.com the scout academy now he's a co-host of wt fantasy at wt fantasy not your normal fantasy podcast did i nail it all with a burp in there you, you did that was gross all this other stuff was good your burp was kind of disgusting it's a diet pepsi this time i don't like the pepsi products they make me a little gassy uh he will reattempt the pronunciation game and we will present the mac oracle award for episode mvp named after michael mccorkle jones uh his name's mac jones whatever formal child child model that's why we love him also a national champion, a first-round NFL draft pick with a beautiful American body. Change the, change the spelling to what we have on our slides, MC, capital O-R-C-A-L, in honor of AJ's former roommate and my current, my former tenant. He moved out a while ago. Uh, his inability to spell at any sort of reasonable level. Uh, today, this is how we do things here. We're not here to make friends. Human decency and puns not tolerated. Name-calling is required. Do not wait until people are done talking to opine. My name is Ryan, and I'm an inside fish stick, outside tartar sauce kind of guy. Uh, that's a lyric by Young Jeezy, who evolved into Charizard and then into just Jeezy. I don't know what any of that means. Brisk, we have time. I, 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 yeah, I, I was thinking... <laughs> I was thinking about writing in here that... 
I write these slides and you just read what I write. Uh, I don't know if that would mean anything. I think it's just as weird when you say it. Yeah, that was that was something. Yeah. All right. No yeah. rules. Just right. Broke back snake house. Yeah. Shall, shall, uh, shall we football, gentlemen? Yeah. You know, hey, my dad just texted me. Is that weird? Yeah. Why? He's why would guy. that be weird? Yeah, he is blind. I don't know how he did it. All right. And now a dramatic Siri. advertisement reading from by the SWF players. <laughs> he said, call me when you get a chance for the latest stupid blind trick. Maybe he's learned magic. <laughs> we can only hope he's learned magic. <laughs> Uh, these rankings are handcrafted uh, composite of nearly a dozen prominent NFL draft services. Uh, the composite extends to over 100 players. We created that composite to account for as many different evaluations as possible while creating a usable average for conducting mock drafts. We update this composite frequently. Uh, it, it's the current iteration. So, so let's run down the top 25 quickly in this upcoming NFL draft season. Number one, we have Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. Number two, Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, <coughs> Evan Neal from Alabama, Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU, Ikem Ikiakuanu from NC State, Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa, George Karloftis from Purdue, Sauce Gardner, Cincinnati Corner, Devin Lloyd from Utah, Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State, Drake London, wide receiver from Southern Cal, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State wide receiver, Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia, David Ajabo, Michigan, Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson, Jamison Williams from Alabama, Chris Olave, Kenny Pickett, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, Jordan Davis, Kenyon Green, Trent McDuffie, Malik Willis, and Trayvon Walker rounding out that top 25, the edge rusher from Georgia. I need uh, a sip of my Diet Coke because that was a lot of a lot of reading to do. All right. Because we don't uh, want any dead air, Colt, go ahead and make a real quick joke if you don't mind, preferably something political and topical. Yeah. <laughs> Something scathing, yeah, and, and political and topical. Well, I mean, we could, yeah, you know what? Cole, Cole, you go, go, go ahead and save that joke. I'm sure it okay. would have been good. Ryan, why don't you continue then? Yeah, we've got our draft order up on the okay. side just for kind of our reference Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, New York Jets, New York Giants, Carolina Giants, Falcons, Broncos are the top 10. Uh, AJ, let's let's go to you and and you, you love the draft. This is your thing. Please bring out your baton and conduct us, oh my wise, masterful leader, Maestro. Um, I don't know if it's a baton is what they use to conduct. Um, it is, but I get is it? Well, you know, what? I was gonna say I get your point either way. But the little white stick, sir. I think that's what they call it. Actually, it is a is, baton. Is the little is white stick? No, no, it's the little white stick. Every year, there's like a certain amount of elite players, right? There's like there's a there's a top tier of players most years. Um, this year, to me, it's six guys. That's uh, Hutchinson, the edge rusher, Michigan, the beautiful and stunning and talented Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame, Kayvon Thibodeau, Oregon, uh, edge rusher, Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama, uh, Derek Stingley Jr., LSU cornerback, and Iki Ekwanu, the NC State offensive tackle. So I think it's six guys that are elite. The amazing thing about this is only Kyle Hamilton is at a position that's not at a premium. So this year, you've got two edge rushers, which is a premium position as elite players. You've got two offensive tackles and a corner. If you don't need a quarterback, this year is for you. Yeah, which unfortunately, a lot of teams <laughs> need a fucking quarterback. Always. <laughs> they're, in, they're in lying. The problem is that, yeah. Here's the rub. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, a ton of these teams yeah. need quarterbacks. Now the Jaguars don't need a quarterback. So you're, unless there's a trade, which I can't see a team no. loving one of these quarterbacks enough to trade up with the Jaguars out of that let's number go, one Kenny spot. Pickett. Let's go. Let's go. Pick it. <laughs> I don't see that happening. So I have seen Hutchinson. I've seen Thibodeau. I've seen Neil. And I just recently saw Iki Ekwanu mock number one to the Jaguars. I think they're going to go with either Neil or Ekwanu unless we start hearing buzz um, to the contrary. Uh, so I have heard some some draft projections thus far. And and a lot of people love Charles Cross from Mississippi State. And a lot of people love Iki Ekwanu from from state for two different reasons where Charles Cross is a, is a great pass blocker. Uh, Iki Aquanu is a road grading run blocker. And then they, they describe Evan Neal as kind of a, a perfect blend of the two. I can definitely see Evan Neal going one uh, to the Jaguars just for in a, a desperate attempt to keep Trevor Lawrence from dying. Can, can the draft noob, can, can I ask a question Please. about uh, Aquanu and Neil? Do they both play uh, left tackle or are they both, are they both the same side of the uh, line of scrimmage? They both so I, I think yeah. Iki Aquanu has some experience playing right tackle. He could be a, a little more versatile. Um, I'm pretty sure Charles Cross is just a left tackle situation. I know yeah. Evan Neal yeah. has played both sides of the line. Yeah, the, okay. the the Crimson Tide have done a thing over the past few years where they recruit it, it, all of the well, good offensive linemen. Uh, yeah, outside of <laughs> outside of having a wildly unfair recruiting advantage of 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 Nick Saban and and whatever, they have the system in which they just slide their next best offensive lineman to left tackle and he gets drafted in the first round this is sort of how that story ends up playing yeah. out every time so mm-hmm. neil has neil has some uh neil has versatility Ekwanu has versatility and in talking about the elite players as far as our board has fallen it's been those two guys as neil and Ekwanu. hutchinson and thibodeau that's been another pretty substantial debate between those two uh and it was for first overall and it still might but now that the jaguars rightfully so are being rumored to be looking at offensive tackle that has faded a little bit ryan it is this is a bit of a cliche where hutchinson's got the motor and he's got a high floor sure. and a high ceiling he, and of course he's, Kayvon, a, he's a yeah he, he, yeah Kim, hutchinson's Kim, a white guy but he's really yeah. good yeah, his white guy is really That's good. That's all the and then, code is is high motor hustle guy, first in, last out. He's a white guy and he's a really good act. football player. Yeah, and yeah. He's he's gonna be a fabulous player. I can see him though as a Chris Long, long term, really good impact player. Not necessarily a game breaker like you would want in the number one overall draft pick position. Kayvon Thibodeau, however, has the potential to be that explosive wrecker of. of games dreams lives and families and of course by saying all that we're just parodying parodying a lot of the a a lot of the um the generalizations that are made out there that as soon as you see a white guy and as soon as you see a person of color it's athleticism versus Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. a a, a fucking gym rat these guys are both excellent really good really really good players Kayvon Thibodeau is not just an athlete like he is an extremely talented player just the whole way through. One of the notable things about him is that when Oregon played Ohio state and beat them, he was not playing in that game. Yeah. That's one of the more notable, notable aspects. That's a huge thing too. That that said, when he's been, when he's been out there, go ahead. Yeah. The biggest game of his career at Oregon, he did not play biggest win at least. Yeah. Was that 
through by injury or just by choice he just no no like... it was by injury okay um so would it be fair to say Thibodeau is the lower floor higher ceiling guy versus I, Hutchison no. being like the higher floor higher ceiling maybe maybe I, I think I think that shit is always overplayed well, and I, th- sure. I think it, it always follows along this those same generalizations that pundits use based on like the color of someone's skin they're both right they both have motors they both have now Hutchinson is known for his motor, but right. these guys, these guys are both rock solid and like they could, they could obviously both be number one overall draft picks. Yeah. Right. Kayvon Thibodeau was the number one recruit in his class, regardless yeah. of position, <laughs> also that for a reason. I mean, and he, he is still that dude. Agent Aiden Hutchinson didn't rank in the top 100 of his class. And I get it. High school kids coming out at 17, 18 years old are different than 21, 22 year old grown men coming into the NFL. And there's all that development development through college, but that raw athleticism, talent, and explosiveness is there in the number one overall recruit in his class. And Aiden Hutchinson was more of a project that had to work his body into the shape that it is now, which is a fabulous thing to do. And it says a lot for his character and, and his grind. Uh, but is it, it, yeah, give me the give fucking, me all the grind. Fucking hot, hot button hot, words, you little bastard. Hot, messy grind. Bump and uh, grind. Yeah, uh, but but if you want raw explosiveness and and you want that raw potential to to be great, Kayvon Thibodeau is, an, is a clear choice there. Aiden yeah. Hutchinson's going to be a really good fucking player though. Yeah. AJ, quick question for you. Well, real quick, like Thibodeau is going to test if he, if he ends up testing because the we're recording today is March first. Uh, last time I checked, it and is, yes. um, it is the first day of the NFL Combine, which we'll we'll be detailing next week. So you know. Look forward to that. But if Thibodeau is participating, I expect him to do really well. By the way, also, if he's participating, I expect Aiden Hutchinson to test really well. Yeah, they're both going to test also out of this a, bit, a bit of a freak. I remember the first time I saw Hutch- Hutchinson play, I didn't know who the hell he was. I was, I think I was against uh, Washington. And I was watching him and I was like, it was like the third quarter. I was like, has that guy even, is he sweating? Has he even sweated yet? Because yeah. <laughs> he was not even like, he was just like, it looked like he was almost just bored. Like he yeah. was just like swim moving everybody, just yeah. just getting to the quarterback. Just He's like, just dominant without breathing hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no hard breaths, yeah. no hard breaths. Yeah, that's yeah. right. No huffing and puffing from him. It'll be interesting to see how the um, reports about him and Ajabo come out in relationship to one another, because the inevitable conclusion uh, that yeah. some are going to draw is that one guy affected how well the other one played and vice versa. And you're, we're going to, you know, you're going to start hearing people talk about, well, if he wasn't there, how would he, how would Ojabo, how would Ojabo do? If Ojabo wasn't there, how would Hutchinson do? Inevitably, we're going to hear some of that. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Colt, yeah. you had a point to make and it was. Yeah, it was uh, something along the lines of Kyle Hamilton. A question for him. So was I can't safety- believe I have totally forgotten about Kyle Hamilton while I'm wearing all yeah, my Notre Dame I was going to say, number one, is there some Notre Dame bias in this for you? Or did he have that good of a year? Because safety not being as one of the most. He was uh, injured a lot. This he, he was hurt at the end of the year. He was um, hurt at the end of the year, and then he did sort of phone it in. Now he he should he, he should not have played. I'm glad he didn't. No, but he's yeah he is he is that good. He's yeah, okay. um, he's a dude. He has it's everything to the O line and edge rusher premium positions like early so in the. Draft. That's a good point because the other thing is we're, it'll be interesting to see where he falls because if you look at the top seven, the Jaguars desperately need an offensive lineman. The Lions cannot afford really to take 
a non-premium position that they're going to have to pay with a top five draft pick. They need a quarterback, an edge rusher. They don't need offensive tackles. They need a cornerback. They need someone who they're going to pay like a top five draft pick. And that's not generally a safety as good as Kyle Hamilton is. Then you've got Houston who needs fucking everything. Sort of the same boat. The Jets have needs at offensive tackle. Big needs at edge rusher and corner. The Giants need an offensive tackle as much as the Jaguars do. Same thing goes for the Panthers. And they really need a quarterback. Not to say that the Giants don't as well, but they might wait a year. And then you've got the Giants again at seven. So the top seven picks... These have these teams have glaring needs that are not safety. So the first time you see a team who's sort of in limbo and they do stink is the Falcons at eight. But it's like they're sort of in a holding pattern so they can afford to take the best overall player, which would be Kyle Hamilton. That's where I see him going, kind of projecting a bit to future episodes is eight because those seven teams have like wildly glaring needs. Yeah. And they need they to can't fill afford them. that luxury of him. Yeah. Right now, he's that Kyle Hamilton that good. He's he good. might get picked up a little earlier. I just see the first team that's sort of in limbo. Um, you know, like the, the, the Giants need to pick an offensive lineman to find out if Daniel Jones. Now, we all know he's not. But to find out internally if he's the one, if they're not going to take a quarterback, they need to figure that shit out. Ryan, you were saying something. So in, in terms of team building and, and also taking a little bit of a hint from what Cincinnati did in the postseason and specifically what Jesse Bates did in the postseason, I think that boosts Kyle Hamilton's value quite a bit just because Jesse Bates was such a huge impact player uh, throughout the postseason. And he shows what an incredible safety can do mm. for your secondary to cover up people and, and idiots like Eli App. Yeah, the only thing is he was not a first round draft pick. And that that's where that's where the big concern comes in True. is that you can you know the the cliche is that you can get interior offensive and defensive linemen, linebackers and safeties, tight ends later. and running backs as well all later is sort of yeah. the cliche. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Colt. Um, so that's where we're sort of at with the elite players. There's about six of them, give or take, depending on which one of us you're talking to. Yeah. Where are you? Where are you putting your elite? It, it, it's it's the it's the top six. So it okay. ends with Ekwanu. It's um okay. the two. It, it's Hutchinson, the two edge rushers, the two top tackles. Um, Tyler Der- Derek Stingley is, is an Lind- impact center, which is wild. <laughs> yeah, he, he is. He he is. Um, and yeah, he might not be getting the credit he deserves. He's at number seven for us. So let, let's move on yeah. here, Ryan. Sure. Uh, quarterbacks only two in the top twenty-five as currently constructed. Uh, the first is Kenny Pickett at nineteen out of Pittsburgh. A fabulous year in his 28th year as a Pittsburgh Panther. And Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty, out of Hugh Freeze's offense, playing on a, on a pretty mediocre Liberty team. Uh, so I- anybody have any thoughts? So, uh, Zere, you were talking yes. about watching a little Matt Corral. Now, he's not on this list. You, you also said you watched a little bit of Kenny Pickett. What are your, what are your thoughts there? What did you see from Pickett specifically? Well, I watched him play against Tennessee and Clemson. Just like every, I didn't watch it. I, I just watched snap by snap, like some YouTube clip, uh, whatever. But anyways, sure. uh, yeah. So I watched, he, he, he came off to me first. He came off like a really good kind of like 
two minute drill quarterback who can make who's better somehow he, he he seems better rolling out of the pocket and throwing bombs and he seems like very accurate when he does that and then he's really good intermediate throws directly in front of him i like that he i like that he like makes his progressions i like that he goes from left to right this is something that matt corral doesn't do matt corral is comes from rpo system mm-hmm. where it's just one read and take off like but Matt Corral has a beautiful arm. I saw him launch it off his back foot, a sixty-yard bomb off his yeah, back foot. Like, slant. Jesus, man! Uh, but yeah, I mean, Kenny, <laughs> I mean, I think I think if Kenny Pickett would, you know, if, if he, I think he'd be the first to go from the quarterback class just because he has those traits that you want in a quarterback that I think are like really good foundational traits. Plus, he's uh, a mobile quarterback that's you know, it's that's I feel like it's only discussed when people are watching his games and people overlook that aspect of him. Uh, what did he run for? It, yeah, he ran for like 800 yards. Didn't he? I, I, a little yeah, bit. no, no, not a little bit. This 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 guy can do um, just about anything that anyone in the NFL can do from the quarterback position, save, you know, the the few, the Jackson, yeah. Murray. Yeah. Um, and he obviously he's not big as big as Josh Allen, some of the some of the usual suspects. But that guy is as as athletic of a quarterback. Yeah. If he starts in the he, NFL, as you'll find. Kenny Pickett was I think he's going to be the first to go. Uh, from what again, I haven't seen the entire quarterback class. I've only watched him at Corral, but from what I've seen from Pickett, is that he has those foundational traits that, well, I mean, yeah, that can set set him up to be, you know, a quarterback not in 2022, but like in 2023. You know, I don't think he's ready to go in 2022 though. Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning to agree with you. I, I'm also not sure he's even a long term starting caliber quarterback. I'm not sure his arm strength is what you need. Uh, in the NFL, he he made some really impressive snappy throws. There was one that, that I saw that he was he was booting left and did that kind of like hip pivot throw back across the field kind of situation. That was really impressive. And then you look at it again and you realize in the NFL that's probably a pick six. It's it, it just didn't have the velocity that you know, you've seen that throw from Trey Lance. You've seen that throw from from Daniel Jones and from Sam Darnold, but they have a lot more velocity behind the ball. Yeah, he had a really fun year and he was a, he was a really fun watch for Pittsburgh. That whole team was great. But I mean, he he, he was awful his first what five years at Pitt. I know he got hurt a couple of those and there was the COVID year. He had one great year uh, in, in a really fun offense. Not sure it's quite going to translate. Uh, I love this quarterback class just because there, I don't think there's a starting caliber quarterback in it. This class is going to be the reason why Ryan Fitzpatrick and Mitch Trubisky have starting <laughs> jobs again in yeah, 2022. Yeah. 100%. Like, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be able to have they're gonna be able to make a little bit more money this year. Mariota, this, this quarterback class. Oh, yeah, Mariota, Mariota might be a yeah. James Winston again. And oh. again, I wanted. I know we were talking about Atlanta previously, and I just want to go back to how does a team like Atlanta? How do you think a team like Atlanta conducts a draft and roster construction in the division that they play in, where there's no conceivable threats anymore, where they're pretty much the lead dog? We know Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and you know, no, there's no nobody in Carolina. <laughs> Do you think just like what, how do you just, do you think they just take their time and they're patient with it and just, or do you think they're more like more aggressive towards the draft? I think the smart thing to do would to be more patient and to try and build something sustainable because they have an opportunity to take a stranglehold on that division. If, If they decide to go all in, they don't have the horses to compete with the rest of the league. They may win that division, but they may also be the Titans and stink but win a terrible division. Yeah. Who do we think might even reach to take one of these QBs though? 
oh, there will be somebody. Not yeah. to thrust him in as a day one starter, but could you well, see? There, again, there will be somebody. Some One of these quarterbacks will start day one. It, it just, okay. just by the odds, one of these QBs will be thrown yeah. into. Yeah, thrown I feel like that well, too. One team is going to squint hard enough and be like, that's our guy. You know, yeah. I, they're going to when all when Wilson and Rogers are not moving anywhere. All right. They're going to be like, all right, Jesus, what are we? Okay. What are we going right, to do? What, can, what yeah. can we get from Denver is going to be like, all right, we're, we're taking this guy. Right? I don't know. Yeah. I, the, the Panthers, like they came out publicly yeah. and said that they were committed to picking an offensive lineman at six. I can 100% see them picking. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Do you think they're kicking themselves in the ass? They didn't take fields last year. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, Denver as well. Denver just didn't fly, yeah. fly right by. I thought he was going right there. Denver's yeah. pick. Yeah, yeah. They both took yeah. corners, Horn and Sertain. I mean, I mean you yeah. you have the opportunity at six for Carolina to maybe trade out of that spot. Atlanta don't think they would probably take a quarterback at this point. They would yeah. probably no ride way. Matt Ryan. But Matt Ryan uh, is Denver dust. may take a quarterback. Denver may take a quarterback there at nine. If you go keep going down, Washington, wherever the hell they're picking, they're picking at eleven. Yes. At eleven, they could take a quarterback uh and then you get into pittsburgh there's a lot of teams in the middle in that middle chunk right there from washington at 11 down through pittsburgh at 20 there are a couple in there that might be hunting for a quarterback and might might pull the reach button here yeah so we talked about elite players that is let me be let me stress this that is in in relation to this draft class right there isn't a miles garrett here there's a lot of good talent yeah, there's a lot of good talent and a lot of premium position talent at the top. Uh, let's talk about Malik Willis quickly before yeah. we move on from quarterbacks. Uh, I, I, I'm not super impressed by what I see from Malik Willis. He's a fabulous runner. <clears throat> a lot of that is his size and in the in the level of college football that he's playing, he's just very difficult to bring down. He's he's super athletic and he's fast, yes, but he's also like 230 pounds and he's difficult for for guys at that level that that Liberty plays uh, to for to get their arms around and bring down. He's got a monster arm. Uh, he has no idea where it's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of quarterbacks that can relate to that as well. But the th- I mean, with this, this is um, you know, there's one a year. This is the small school quarterback that ends up being a wild card. The you know, what do you make of Trey Lance and Josh Allen and all that jazz? And they always yeah. tend to be rocket arms, and sometimes no idea where that arm yeah. is pointing. But Malik Willis is super interesting. I saw somebody uh, posts a little thread about Malik Willis today on Twitter and showed showed him sailing balls. And some guy, uh, some Malik Willis stand was like, "Oh, he's raw." And then uh, and then the guy that posted the thread, he goes, "He's not raw. He's bad." And I was like, "Oh, that made me think." I was like, "A lot of people who are fans of players always use the word raw to replace the word bad." Yeah, yeah. quarterbacks are like <laughs> yeah. chicken. You can't serve them raw. Moving on to what to offensive skill position players. These are all wide receivers. We see our first offensive skill position player at number 12 in Drake London, wide receiver from USC. Then you have Garrett Wilson at 13, Jamison Williams at 17, Chris Olave 18, and Traylon Burks at 19. Uh, How do do we feel about these this top five? 
uh, top five wide receiver class. So they're all the craziest thing about this is they're 12 to 19, five wide receivers ranked from 12th to 19th on our big board. What it does is it creates sort of a log jam. Yep. I, I, when I've been mocking these players, there's always been a run towards the end of the draft. Uh, the first one I have going to Cleveland at 13 and then the next, the, and that's, uh, Drake London. Yeah. And then I have Garrett Wilson, uh, our 13th ranked ranked player going number 18 to the Saints because everyone has, well, that is an appropriate place for one of these quarterbacks to go in terms of ranking is number 18 to the Saints. My guess is lots of them will be gone because uh, teams squint really hard at their draft board and accidentally make picks like they're sending a bad text message at 3 a.m. They know it's <laughs> wrong, but they can't stop themselves. They can't help themselves. Uh, Drake London is incredible. Actually, yeah. I, I, n- all of these all of these wide receivers are great. Jameson yeah. Williams would be a top 10 player if he wouldn't have right. he wouldn't have gotten injured. Oh, for sure. 100 yeah. percent Jameson Williams would be in the top 10. Uh, if only like he's a he's a legit low four threes guy. He is so fast. So. Yeah, he yeah, he reminds me like it's it's the same game breaking ability and the same ability to make college players look like preschoolers that uh, Devonte Smith gave us last year. No, I mean obviously not quite to the same level, but that kind of why are you on the field with the rest of these guys? Is there a senior varsity version of what we're seeing right now? Because you should play on that team. Yeah. So there's a lot. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, how does Alave play like physically, you know, against more physical uh, DBs? How does he hold up against that kind of? Uh, I, I think he's a more polished route runner than Garrett Wilson. So he, he doesn't need that physicality quite as much. Yeah. Yeah. He's small. I think he's going to be a really good two. But he just separates, right? He can separate really easily. He separates out of his breaks really, really well. He played a lot at Ohio State. I mean, he played for a long time. He was there for a full four. Yeah, he stayed last year. Yeah, he came out. So he's he's got the reps. He's got he's got the portfolio of breaks coming out of his uh, out of his. Yeah, whatever. Breaks breaks on his routes um, to, to get open. Garrett Wilson may be more more physically gifted, but if you're looking for a good solid possession, you know, get him the ball in a big spot when when you need a first down. I think Chris Olave is probably a little bit better. So not not to downplay that Olave has been a deep threat. Um, he does take he he makes the most of his size, yeah. which is about six six ish six feet depending on who's measuring him and then around 200 pounds a pretty yeah. i don't know what his wingspan is i don't know what his reach is so i don't know how long he is but it's decent you know it's fine wide receiver size but yeah he does everything really well what do we think about drake london first of all oh i think he's absolutely an incredible player of football yeah i agree he knows how to do the football things he does he <clears throat> caught a bazillion passes last year because that's all they had yeah yeah no he's he is stunning i i think out of this wide receiver class he has the best opportunity to become a true nfl wide receiver one he is six foot five and 200 i think 20 pounds he's not the fastest correctly. human but at that size he can he can he can boogie um and he's this, got this, he, he can play out of the slot at yeah, that size he, too. He's got a basketball background that allows him to use his body for position really, really well. And, and he's got fabulous hands. He's got more wiggle than you would think for somebody his size. He makes a lot of people miss. Um, and, and in the Pac-12, that actually kind of means something. Yes. Yeah, it does. Does anybody feel like uh, I, 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 I watched a bit of him. Does anybody feel like he reminds you? 
Reminds me of Mike Evans a little bit. That's exactly. A bit. Yep. Yeah. My, Mike Evans and <clears throat> and uh, Mike Williams a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just Those the size and shiftiness and and kind of body awareness that, that yes. he brings. Yeah. Uh, is is yeah. Very so much like my, players. So I actually think that he will be as good as. I think he will peak around where Mike Evans has. I actually think he's more talented than he will be more talented than both of those guys, because Mike Evans, if you saw him play with Johnny Manziel back in the day, it's, it was kind of hard to judge Mike Evans because Johnny sure. Manziel sort of did whatever he wanted to at, at all times, uh, which didn't exactly On and off the field. Yeah. At, like I said, at mm. all times, he, he sort of lived by his own set. He, he lived by the constitution of the United States of Johnny Manziel at all times. <laughs> uh, and it was hard to tell if Mike Evans was running his routes correctly because a lot of it ended up being pitch and catch with Johnny Manziel. Now, obviously he was taken in the top 10. So somebody graded him, you know, somebody was paying attention. And he's been a fabulous player and he's been an amazing player. Uh, and Mike Williams is now starting to come into his own and he's now an established um, number one wide receiver in the NFL one, a one B. I think Drake London is a better, I think Drake London reminds me of Keenan Allen's ability to run routes, which is yes. probably the highest compliment yeah. that you can have. Wow for route running because yeah. alan's a technician yeah Al- alan is, the most, is fabulous who, who is the most interesting wide receiver on this on this board for you guys? i think it's burks yeah yeah He's I, a honestly, I think it's i i think it's jameson williams but i get Traylon. so Traylon burks we've got usc to ohio state and alabama those guys don't go under the radar when you play at arkansas you do go under the radar a little bit. Yeah. Sure. But I think Jameson Williams has the highest ceiling. I am most excited to see him. And to that, for that, he makes me, uh, he's most interesting to me. Traylon Burks, though, is something. Yeah. I think Traylon Burks is beautiful because he, he, he can operate at any part of the, I feel like he operates through every area of the field. Like oh, he, yeah. can, he can, he can cross the middle with like voracious speed like he he can he can go anywhere on the field i feel like yep. he 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 can be used in like various ways um that's that's what i definitely that's what that was my first impression of him of, of burks yeah arkansas Watch. is arkansas wasn't very good uh they won some games that they probably shouldn't have strictly because Traylon burks Bingo. took over football games yeah, absolutely. To, without Traylon Burks, Arkansas may, might have won three games. <laughs> they had they had an Maybe. incredible running game. Yeah, that was predicated on what amounted to a like a glorified option, you know, read option based offense that kind of RPO more just uh, RRR. It, but they as it, opposed it, to RPO just Traylon Burks had a lot of carries. <laughs> Tra- tra- th- this this guy and and you know what endeared me to him and it does this this will you know as soon as you hear something like this you're like oh well julio jones he he he's he played hurt yeah. a lot with some pretty nasty injuries which is endearing immediately when you have a story like running a 40 under 4-4 with a broken leg now it wasn't quite that but he has played hurt and also this guy is a physical specimen and is a big body i'm a huge fan of the way he blocks as well and i'm, I'm a, i really you have like to when you when you play receivers. for that yeah. team wide receivers that block in the nfl are especially you know a, a lot of teams are going to these smaller faster wiry guys that can that can break 
big plays open in space. When the Rams were the best this year, which not wasn't necessarily in the postseason, it's when all their guys were healthy and they had guys that were willing to fucking block. Yeah. Cooper Cup would put you in the dirt. Robert yeah. Woods would put you in the dirt. That's Odell Beckham Jr. Would look at you before <laughs> he would fall down uh, sometimes. So Odell is when Odell Beckham Jr. wants to block, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. can block. Yeah, absolutely. O- oddly enough. Yep. What's you guys' uh, player comparison here? I'm thinking like a little bit A.J. Brown, a little Alshon Jeffrey, something like that on Burks. Where, where do you He's land? bigger than A.J. Brown. Is he? Uh, He's yeah. taller. I think Okay. I, I think A.J. Brown's probably about there in terms of, you know, Thickness. man girth. Yeah. Okay. Oh, for Traylon Burks, who you got, Zare? As far as a comparison goes? Yeah. No, I, I haven't gone that far into Burks to have a comparison for him, man. Sure. In terms of body, yeah. I, I think it's, you know, I think some of the stuff, a, a thick wide receiver a la A.J. Brown. Now, uh, I think he's a Julio Jones type body. Okay. That's it, I always I always I always pause before I compare anyone physically just in terms yeah. of stature, <clears throat> Julio Jones. But that, that I mean, I don't I don't I could get on board with it. Yeah. Six, yeah, three, two twenty five. He's a he's a big he's a big boy. He's an uh, offensive machine, yeah. offensive lineman. Uh, we're going to go Evan Neal at four. Ikea Kwanu at six. Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa at seven. Charles Cross at 11. Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. Uh, he's a guard, correct? Yeah, um, versatile, but he's been projected pretty unanimously inside at the NFL. Yeah. One thing I want to say real quick is that if we go back to our uh, to our top 25 here. So get this Hutchinson. This is all out of out of high school um, per the 24 seven sports composite. Hamilton, five-star. Thibodeau, five-star. Neal, yep. five-star. Stingley, five-star. Karlaftis, borderline five-star. If he wasn't, I, 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 he may have been a five-star by the time he was done. Garrett Wilson, five-star. Nicobe Dean, I think, was close. Andrew Booth, five-star. Chris Olave, borderline. I think he was a little closer to the to the 100 spot. And Kenyon Green, five-star. That's a lot of five-stars projecting at the top half of the first round that is wild and and they all went to programs that developed them into into to realizing that potential that your stars in high school are about what you could be this is about what you are Mm -hmm. uh and and their their programs in high school or in college developed them into what they are today and it's it's a really cool thing to see realized potential like this yeah and then there's sauce Gardner, and then there's sauce Gardner, who's just an, <laughs> an animal but so out of these offensive linemen aj you love offensive line please educate us I do. I dream of them in the night times and they bring me sweet peace and joy. So we've, we already talked about Neil and Ekwanu at length. Same with, uh, you know, Linderbaum. Um, I'm not going to, I don't want to talk about him because I, I am at risk of throwing around cliches about mm. white, about white centers. And I want to avoid that. He's a very, very good player. Let's yeah. just leave it at, at that. And he comes from a program that doesn't need five-star players. They turn uh, out pro bowlers. They turn the out pro bowlers. Tristan Wirfs in his first year was about as good as you can get as a and rookie tackle. And says that Tyler Linderbaum is more of an animal than he ever was. Wow. Yeah. Also that um, uh, testimonies uh, from the pe- <laughs> from the people. Uh, and we also talked a bit about Charles Cross, the Mississippi State offensive tackle. So I guess let's touch on um, some overall themes here with with the. So we, we've got two offensive tackles in the top six. We've talked about that. 
that that's great value for someone who needs that's that's fabulous for for the Jaguars at number one. That's fabulous for the Jets at number four, for the Giants at number five, for the Panthers at number six. Same thing when you get down to the uh, Red Hogs at number our 11, beloved Red Hogs. our beloved Washington Red Hogs. But this the way this falls is 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 fabulous here. And uh, the, the, to- the top tackles are going to step in immediately. These guys will have jobs. We'll have starting gigs immediately, especially the top three. AJ, yeah. can I ask you a question? Um, maybe. How, okay. You can how, ask it. How, how close was Zion Johnson into cracking this little group grouping of tackles you have over here? So Did he, you even consider him? Yeah, he, he is, I think, 35th. Okay. So second us. rounder. Yeah, he's just right. outside. And again, this is like this board is, I don't even know why we're doing this right now. This board is going to shift so wildly in the next week, but this is, this is a good right. place to jump off from Zion Johnson has risen wildly um, since the beginning of the evaluation process. Ekwanu has risen wildly through the process. Green has fallen preseason. Green was considered top 10, top 15, top 10 by a lot, just because of you know, plays for Texas A&M. He was a five-star athletically. He's a very good looking player. Um, same with Evan Neal. You know, you're the left tackle of Alabama that I think that automatically makes you a top five overall pick. Uh, so Neal was already there, but um, there's a lot of guys that going to see a meteoric rise and like ryan said this composite will shift as the rankings that make up the composite move as well but john i could see johnson starting to crack and a lot of mock drafts i've seen him crack the top 25 i I asked about zion because i watched a lot of senior bowl reps by him he definitely caught my eye the first rep first rep i watched of him i think he took some three tech and he just dropped his ass against three tech and just anchored down and just kind of like walked him parallel across the line of scrimmage and i think he was playing right tackle at the time i don't know what is what he, I don't know what his I don't, I've heard he shifts around sometimes and uh I love finding like underdogs I know a lot of the guys who are like embedded in their like solid first you know first five picks of the draft you know projected to be top draft picks they're not going to go to the senior bowl but like I love watching senior bowl refs because I like seeing guys players that are just kind of just like a little bit looked over even like the shrine bowl I think like you see a lot of oh, yeah. shrine bowl you know like I, I think I'd like to also like Sidebar, I think I want to go to the Shrine Bowl next year, try to get a press pass and just sit there and watch the guys at the Shrine Bowl. But yeah, Zion definitely caught my eye and he I became a big fan of him from the first snap I saw of him take at the Shrine uh, Senior Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I I think a lot of people are going to end up concurring with what you're what you're talking about in, in terms of watching him play both, you know, on tape and, you know, his performance at these at these showcases. So I, I think he'll eventually crack this. Um, I think Kenyon Green may end up sliding. And I don't say that based on what I've seen of him. Uh, I say that based on his trajectory as being a top 10 player across the board preseason and now seeing him drop. You see this with players Generally, there is a bounce back um, because there's sort of a, you know, he drops when you start watching tape and he's not as good as you think. And then some pundit ends up saying, oh, I think we overreacted a little bit. And then you see a small bounce back. But uh, Green is trending the wrong way to, to shorten this. And Johnson is trending in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. Moving on to the defensive line uh, here. Here's where we pull out, pull out the wild cards, the studs. Uh this is Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, George Karloftis, David Ajabo, Jordan Davis, and Trayvon Walker from the, the uh, national championship winning Georgia Bulldogs, which is a weird thing for me to say. Um, I don't like it one bit. 
<laughs> I do like it these does players. Sound weird. I like yes. all of these players, and I think Trayvon Walker is probably going to move up pretty swiftly thanks to some comp some combine situation because he <laughs> is he is an animal. Indeed. Yeah. My God, he's such a freak. Yeah. He's gonna move up a lot. I have seen Karloftis falling a bit. As um, have I, yeah. I, I his there are some services that are starting to push him into the 20s Thibodeau is has when I say dropped I mean dropped from number one overall is the drop to to the lowest I think I saw is four so grain of salt there but I've seen him quote-unquote drop a bit and Hutchinson starting to not quite unanimously but getting there be placed above of Thib- above Thibodeau Ojabo has risen substantially to where you know prior to this he was not in the first round conversation and now he is unanimously in the first round conversation and Davis has been here he's just going to bounce from about 10 to 25 throughout the process depending on what the last thing people saw him do was yeah I'm going to be stunned um if Thibodeau moves moves out of the top five as well I don't think he will I think this I think he's going to start bouncing between one and five yeah um Carl Loftus he is what we what I said about Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson to begin this podcast about really high ceiling Chris Long type player that's George Karloftis times ten. He, he's going to be yeah. a solid player, um, I, but he, he's not going to be that that impact game wrecking consistent freak. The whole the whole Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo argument about them being dependent on each other, you know, for the in regards to this their success rate, I I, I got to disagree with that because I feel like edge players essentially work on an island most of the time if not all the time yeah they're not sitting inside like you know unless you put them inside where they're putting pressure on the center and acting like a three tech coming across the guard of the of the tackle and they're creating like twists and stuff like that like they're yeah they're just working against the left and right tackles the entire time and they're they're left to their own you know devices and whatever tools they have so i don't yeah i i I don't know why people would be making that argument i again i haven't watched them extensively but from what I've seen, I've been studying. Um, I've been studying a lot of tackle play in these past, which is this is primarily why, why I don't know so much about these prospects because I've been studying a lot of tackle play from last year's NFL season, and uh, I've been watching a lot of left tackle. I've been watching a lot of one-on-one matchups between left tackles and uh, you know edge players, and I've been seeing little to no help. So that argument, I can't, I can't get on board with that. So you know, I feel like Ajabo should be given his due credit, as far as I know. I'll agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Well, I was just going to say real quick, uh, out of these top, let's say, three or four edge rushers here, is there a specific place you would like to see, at least the top two, a specific place you'd like to see them go or to excel the most? Or you think they're just going to hit the ground running regardless of where they go? I I would love to see Aiden Hutchinson at two to Detroit because he grew up in Michigan. He went to Michigan, homegrown fella. Uh, and, and I believe his his mentality um, fits a lot of what Dan Old Campbell Motor City DC is is up there doing yeah. in Detroit. I think that's a perfect fit for him at number two, regardless of what Jacksonville does at one. Even if if they go Evan Neal, Ricky Aquanu, or Charles Cross at one, uh, if Hutchinson is available at two, I think Detroit takes him, no questions asked. Okay. I think I think the Jets yeah. are sweating bullets waiting for Thibodeau to get down to them to four. I'm not entirely sure he makes it down there. Yeah. I I think he does because I think 
the, 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 the pivot point here is do the Texans take a quarterback? Mm-hmm. Because if they don't take a quarterback, no this, way. this should be, they got trade out. That, that's what I was thinking. But if the Texans, you know, do Texan things and, and take a quarterback there instead of <laughs> trading down, Oof, which, so you know, bad. they do Texan yeah, stuff all the time yeah. with them. Well, with them being the Texans at all. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see, you could, you would see offensive tackle Hutchinson or Thibodeau quarterback, then Hutchinson or Thibodeau to the, Jets at four. So I think the Jets are, I think they're actually sitting pretty, assuming the Texans will continue to be the Texans. Yeah. Well, David with Lovey Smith, Smith, <laughs> yeah. Smith with the Texans, I think he is going to lean defense. And, and, and I, I can see uh, the, the remainder of Thibodeau and Hutchinson going there. Uh, when, when he was successful in Chicago, it's because they had a dominant elite defense. Um, that I agree with. And with that being said, yes, I think. there. I, I think in this draft class, uh, you know what Davis Mills could be. Uh, because at times throughout the course of the season last year, he looked pretty good. Davis Mills could look pretty good in spots. Yeah. Uh, he. I think he just needs a lot more reps because he only played 14 games in college at Stanford. Because and just a shit offense too. And a I terrible mean, talent, talentless team offense. overall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Muff cabbage, so void of talent. Yeah, so I, I I really think that Davis Mills is a better option currently than any quarterback in this draft. Uh, they they need more pieces, and more pieces are available than yeah. at the quarterback position right. in this draft. And to your point, Z, lucky for the Jets at that point, if they do find themselves needing to go defense, there is Derek God. Stingley there, uh, yeah. which Robert Sala yeah. loves loves his secondary guys. And then yeah. you know if they if they want to take what I believe is the best available player in the draft, regardless of position is Kyle Hamilton. I do think I, I, I per, and again, this co- this composite has no input by me at all. This is purely by the numbers, what I'm finding. I do think Kyle Hamilton is the best player in the draft, which is undoubtedly biased, but I, I still, I believe it nonetheless. There's also, you know, I don't think they can lucky for the jets. I don't think they can shit the bed on this one in terms of value. Because even if they don't get that, they get another offensive line piece to protect uh, um, to protect Zach Wilson. And there's where they protect Zach Wilson. Yeah, did you guys hear that? Yeah, I I actually I I, so I agree with you, Z, about you know potentially those those um, edge rushers being gone at that point. There was a whole bunch of talking. Did anyone have anything like that they terribly wanted to say so badly? I just had the thought of Houston moving to Sean Watson and having two, maybe three more picks in this first round. If, if that is such an Philly, anomaly, gonna I have, have no idea. <laughs> What's Real, that, Ryan? Right? If they move him to Philly, they're going to have all of them this year and potentially yeah. all of them for the next five. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Linebackers, Devin Lloyd, Nicobe Dean, Utah and Georgia. Devin Lloyd at 10, Nicobe Dean at 14. Why are they not flip-flopped AJ? Uh Devin Lloyd has moved up so much on some boards that he is in the top 10. I have seen him, I think, as high as six. Dean, I think I've seen as high as eight. But I think that some boards end up looking at linebackers like I look at linebackers, which isn't how good are they, but how how valuable could a linebacker possibly be? And that's not what big boards are for. Big boards are just who the best player is. I think they I think some players just get knocked by position, especially linebackers. I think both these guys are wildly, wildly talented. Yeah. Uh, Nicobe Dean 
is one of the more breathtaking linebackers to watch. Also one of three Georgia Bulldogs on the defensive side of the ball in the top 25 here. Which is completely understandable if you spent one second watching that Georgia defense. They're fucking incredible. N'Kobe Dean is a heat-seeking missile, and he will ruin your day Mm. uh, from the other side of the field. He tracked Mm. down top-end SEC running backs from the opposite hash uh, and tackled them for a loss on multiple occasions. Uh, I, I get it. Linebacker's not a super high impact position unless you get a great one. And then he's an issue. I get it. He's small, but he uses the, his, his lack of size to an advantage uh, because he is so fucking fast. Who's the better coverage linebacker of the two? Probably N'Kobe Dean based purely yeah. on his speed. So th- mm-hmm. I think it's a really good point, Ryan. Not, neither of these guys are huge. No. Yeah. De- Devin Lloyd is also not a supersized LeVar Arrington type linebacker. No, neither of these guys are, you know, it, it, there's, there's been a ton of small linebackers drafted very highly like Devin Bush and Devin White in the past few years. Um, say Patrick Queen is another one, another, uh, just a whole bunch of six foot kind kind of guys six one guys um by the way uh levante david is six foot one who is an all pro and also weighs like 220 225 pounds so yep these guys can still bring the fucking wood at 220 230 some, some of these guys range up in 240 but six foot is these guys are plenty to cause massive havoc yeah they'll hurt you yeah I, there's only two linebackers in this in this top 25 um, so let's uh, let's move on to the secondary here, Ryan. Mm, we do love the secondary. Kyle Hamilton at two, Derek Stingley at five, Sauce Gardner at Sauce. nine, Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson at 16, and Trent McDuffie at 23 uh, out of a terrible Washington Huskies football program. Um, so we've talked a lot about Kyle Hamilton. We know he's really good. Uh, AJ, it's not your turn to talk about Kyle Hamilton. Uh, because you'll just you'll take up the rest of the podcast does anybody have anything else to add on kyle hamilton we know he's fabulous no sir all right moving (laughs) along Derek stingley jr uh he, he didn't play i believe he didn't play covid year and this year he had some injury issues so you're really going on 2019 tape uh, out of the LSU corner, which was his freshman, freshman year, <laughs> true freshman year, uh, not even a red shirt freshman. And he was fucking oh, he was unbelievable. Dominant. <laughs> he was unbelievable. Uh, Sauce Gardner hasn't given up a touchdown since he was in eighth grade. Uh, Andrew wow. Booth Jr. On, on the Clemson squad that their defense was still really, really good. And I got to be honest, I don't know a ton about Trent McDuff. You know, what's wild is that Washington did suck. They have two cornerbacks who will threaten the first round. Sure. Kyler Gordon is the other one. How does a team that plays that poorly in that in that poor of a division get two cornerbacks in the first round is beyond me. Jimmy Lake sucks. Jimmy Lakes, baby. Jimmy Lake sucks. Let me let me leave it there. So uh, obviously we (laughs) talked about Hamilton Stingley uh, is a gamble, but he is unanimously across the board a top 10 player having basically one year of film as an 18-year-old man-child. Sauce Gardner yep. is is incredible and played well against everybody. Yep. Um, he played remarkably well um, against Georgia last year, played really well against Notre Dame this year, um, held his own in the Alabama game 
for the most part. Uh, Andrew Booth. So Booth, actually, all of these guys, save McDuffie, have been in the um, have been in the conversation in the 2022 draft before draft since before draft season. Um, Sauce Gardner is. I don't know how to qualify him because the American was kind of all over the place. And when they played Notre Dame on a, on a national stage, Notre Dame wasn't what they were at the end of the season. They were struggling offensively pretty, pretty severely. Derek Stingley was lights out as an 18 year old in the SEC when he was held. Um, I, I, I just don't know. I don't know which one of these players goes first because of positional value. Uh, I think it might be Stingley Gardner, then Hamilton. I think we're going to see Gardner's stock. Um, I think I, I think we're going to see his see his stock go up. I think uh, we may see his stock go down, and then as he gets into the NFL, uh, become a perennial Pro Bowler. I, so I agree with the second part, I, and and eventually you might be right about his stock going down. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he tests Hamilton and Stingley. It doesn't matter how they test. Um, Sting, Stingley is here again, having one year of film Hamilton, you turn on one game of film and I think you'll comprehend what's going on there. If, but we haven't even talked about this. He is six foot four, 225 pounds and plays safety um, like a, like a, with, with the athleticism and, and speed of a guy four inches shorter. And he, he, he's a condor is what he is. He's not, he's less human, uh, more like dinosaur bird. That's good at football kind of thing. Yeah. I am interested to see what Gardner and McDuffie do in the combine. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid Gardner's not going to test great. I, I mean, I, and that's okay because he, he is so fundamentally sound and, and he just, uh, he, he is so much fun to watch. I'm not sure he's going to test great though. Yeah. He might not. The, the dude is also like wildly confident too. This yeah. is this. It's like nickname sauce. Yeah. It, like he, he, he brings it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's like, <laughs> I honestly think he's going to interview really well. Yeah, I think I think teams sure. are going to love this guy. Yeah, yeah, that goes that goes a long way in the draft process. Yeah, it absolutely yes, it, does, especially at that position. AJ, before you do this, can I ask uh, Zare one pressing dynasty question? Ooh, oh, mm, mm, Ryan, let me. Uh, I'll allow it. Just, okay, just like a quick it. two minute. Yeah. I'm so curious. Okay, Zare. If you had to choose as uh, the the dynasty analyst you are, Drake London, where would you love to see him go to make uh, an immediate impact, at least like returning wide receiver two value? Where do you want him to go, Colt? Shoot, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, I don't this, know. This, this will not make the podcast. <laughs> This will right, not make right. it. This will not make it off of the editing. This, this was, Go okay, ahead. this wasn't a personal request. I'm just so curious because he seems like the top prospect, and I was just curious. From uh, I meant to bring it up in the slide. Well, I don't want him to go to Philadelphia. Okay, I I don't want any wide receiver to go to Philadelphia because no. they'll just they'll just go die over there. They won't do. I shit. think it's really the humanitarian uh, thing to not let them go to. Philadelphia. It's really, it really is. It's really it's just keep them all out of there. I mean, honestly, like if if he is the prospect that I mean, AJ, you think he's number one, right? Like, I so, do. Yeah. Fuck, man. I mean, where would I like to see him go? I like to see him go to LA, the Chargers. Um, yeah. Ooh, that I love a whole lot. Yeah. Bunch. Yeah. Yeah, God, um, uh, I, man, you know, for for ta- for wide receiver as talented as um, as he is, there's not. I don't know if there's. I can't think of on top of my head. Jacksonville would be a nice place to go with 
Trevor Lawrence, but I mean that's not gonna happen. I just I don't know, man. There's yeah. so many good places for him to get. Just curious. I think I think yeah. somebody, whichever of these wide receivers, and I do believe one of them will go to Las Vegas. I think whichever one does is going to go. have a monster year. That's a good fit. If, yeah. If I knew that if I had the draft order up in front of me, I'd probably be able to project where he's gonna end up. But uh shit, let me see real quick. Hold on. Oh fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Know, but... Dude, Ryan. I'm so... yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. See. No, go ahead. No, I would just say I'm just so like, I'm just so like, I'm just not caught up in, dra- in, in prospects right now. I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. And guys. for your punishment, Z, you know what you have to do. Ryan, let's take him yeah. to the rack. It, it is it is time for your penance. And that is the pronunciation game. These are words Evan can't say. Uh, we're going to start with a potential 2023 draft uh draft also by the nominee. way this is this is z's third time at this mind yeah, we'll you. see how this works out uh he, he he's been practicing diligently so we'll see how this works out we thought this young man was going to be the number one overall draft Ooh, pick when he threw yeah, for 500 did. yards against notre dame yeah. uh and then he maybe if he threw for about 500 yards all of last season uh so what is his name even though it may not be called on draft day next year dj we got lately nope you got well, I feel like the commentators say it wrong. I feel like they just butcher it. So I'm just trying to go the opposite way. Is it sure. DJ, you, you, I don't know. I can't say it. DJ, you got lady. Yeah. Well, it's, it's Ui Ungalale. There are no free passes on your third time through the lineup here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, so, yeah. So all DJ the things you said Ui weren't Ungalale. the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- this next fella, he went to BYU, won a Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs a couple years back. Now playing in New Orleans, I believe. Uh, free agency hasn't started yet. What is his name? Oh, this guy. Oh. You see, he, this guy plays in the NFL. No, he does play in the NFL currently. Yes, he does. Uh, I've never heard of him before. Um, okay, I'm just gonna say it. Tano. Pasagnon. Not that bad. Not that bad. Still Just third time through. Zero yeah. percent credit. The case uh, not silent. It is not silent. <laughs> yes. It is Tano Capasignon. Of like course. Filet mignon. Uh, AJ, I will I will give you this one because you love it so dearly. I do love it so dearly. Uh, this is a cheese eating, uh, wheeling, dealing, whining, dining. Uh, center out of Wisconsin for the Dallas Cowboys. What is his name? Z and uh there's actually two acceptable answers here. Tyler Badass. That is one like of them. That, yes. that, one that of is the one of them. Answers, um yes. yeah. And uh the other one, you know, it doesn't matter because that one's perfect. But the other one, if you were curious, is Tyler Biotish. I've got one that the a gentleman that I met this week that I'm gonna throw at you guys after we're done with the podcast. That's just a little teaser. He does not play in the NFL. He is an accountant. Uh, This next fella uh, went to Old Dominion, those mighty monarchs. He is a linebacker for the New York Giants. For how long, we don't know. Their fans hope for not much longer. What is his name? Looks like O'Shane Jimenez. Very close. Not good mm-hmm. enough. It is O'Shane Shimenez. It's it's an SH sound at the beginning. This is tempering the happiness I have to see you for the third time on this podcast with the confusion <laughs> I have of your, your poor memory. Yeah. <laughs> I did not be back for, if I knew I'd be back for a third time, I would have definitely tried to retain or went back and listened to the old, the first, first uh, visit. I would definitely try to study at my fault. I'm sorry. Next time, you know, the the fourth time is the charm. That's what they say. That is what they say. Yes, uh, your next your next embarrassment. 
uh, is is a first round draft pick, a cornerback out of Auburn. Um, the the fans in Miami call him something different, but what does his mother call him? Noah Igbenogany. Nailed it. Nailed it. Love the, it. the Miami go. Dolphins fans call him Let's Noah Ig. Not going to play this week. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's hurt a it's lot. It's cold. Uh, oh. This next fella, a punt returner, Julian Edelman for a very poor man. He had one really good week. What is his name? Gunnar Olszewski. Gunnar Olszewski is Love correct. Full Nailed marks. it. Hammered it. Yep. AJ loves this one almost as much as the badass before. Uh, this man is a badass in his own right. He is the coach for Navy and has been. Um, for the lifetime of most children in uh, the generation after Z, whatever it's called, he runs the triple option. So that generation knows what it looks like because it is like Latin. It is a, almost a dead language, a dead offensive system, but it is annoying to play. What is his name? Ken refuses to pass the goddamn ball. Nailed it. Niamatololo. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> no prisoners. Fantastic. Absolutely correct. I got uh, it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and bonus points. Uh, this next fella, he's still going to be in Oklahoma sooner next year. He may play in the NFL. He's pretty athletically gifted, but he only he's going to really play against well. Kansas. He did play well against Kansas last year. About the only sooner that did. What is his name, sir? David Ugwegbu. Good enough for me. That'll David, work. David Ugwegbu, it is. That'll work. Now suck on this, big fella. Oh, God damn. <laughs> son of a bitch. I was so happy. I was so happy. It wasn't here. Finish strong. So, you think I didn't notice? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Come on. John Christian. Kaimi no Elu. Kaimi no that's really good great job z okay oh let's keep it going yeah no you got it it's 100 perfect bud congratulations tonight's winner the mccormick award it is of course zere consabedian ryan suck on that last week's winner liam mick and phil the next man up pod gentlemen that, by the way, th- three-time winner for Z. Now yeah, let's give a crown. genuine, heartfelt, and loving round of applause for our great, great thank friend and third-time guest, Zede. Buddy, thank you so much for being on here again. We we Obviously, it's a third time, so we do yeah. love this. I t- thank you for letting me come and listen to you guys talk about the college prospects. <laughs> hey, <buddy>. <laughs> <laughs> Z, thank you so much, man. Go ahead and plug all of your stuff. What are you doing? What, what in oh, God's man. name are you doing with your I'm big, not... dumb life? What are you doing mm-hmm. with it? Uh, tell us where we can find you, what you're doing, all that jazz. How can the people get some Z? Oh, dude. Oh, thanks guys for having me. Yeah, you can find me at, at Twitter just posting shit takes. 24 <laughs> 7 uh, i'm not writing shit because i don't care enough anymore um i'm just watching watching offensive tackles fucking uh learning about the position and just wishing i'll become an nfl scout which most likely won't i'm gonna squander the rest of my days working my day job and hopefully coming back on this podcast a fourth time which would fulfill my life and completely rejuvenate my days for the next few months I want to get to the NFL draft. Um, yeah, if you want to go find me, um, yeah, I'm on Twitter as EcansFF. Um, I'm going to probably be slowly losing my mind through the offseason, watching people debate who the best running back of this class is. But, yeah, 
come get me on Twitter and talk this to me. Literally the shittiest year to have that conversation. This is the worst oh, running back class close. fucking <laughs> ever. All right. Thank you, Z. And thanks for thanks, listening man. to the Shall We Football podcast. Please subscribe to our heavily diapered podcast on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. Leave us a five-star review wherever you listen. The more listeners, the more we keep doing this shit. Also tell your friends who's not going to pay for advertising. Uh, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. That's at SWF underscore podcast. Uh, y'all can eat my name, image, and likeness because Texas is all the way back. I was going to say that their longhorns uh, are, are a sign of evolution's natural selection, very much like their recruiting classes.